Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two, and the goal always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution the United States of America as our guide. We use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders, and we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Most Americans in January the 6th were trying to peacefully restore the republic. Most of them were not criminals at all. There were agent provocateurs on January 6th, but the lies from government are relentless. The lies from the Joe Biden administration and the deep state just won't stop. Tucker Carlson did an incredible expose on this. We're going to play this, and then I'm going to break it down further in seconds on your radio. Tucker? Good evening, and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Kevin McCarthy's continued attempt to become Speaker of the House continues at this hour. The House is expected to take another vote late tonight. You'll see it live here on Fox, of course. But first, an anniversary. Two years ago today, a Capitol Hill police officer called Michael Byrd shot an unarmed woman in the neck. At the time of that killing, Byrd had a documented history of gross negligence with a firearm. He left a loaded Glock pistol in a public men's room at the Capitol, which for a law enforcement official is a firing offense. But for some reason, Michael Byrd was still in the force that day. The woman he killed was called Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt was a married 14-year veteran of the U.S. military. She ran a pool cleaning company with her husband in San Diego. Physically, she was tiny. She was also unarmed. Michael Byrd later admitted he had no indication at all that Babbitt was carrying a weapon. She posed no visible threat. He killed her anyway. Under normal circumstances, Byrd would have been fired immediately and charged with murder, which he clearly committed. But that's not what happened. After doing essentially no investigation into the shooting, Nancy Pelosi's congressional police force declared Byrd a national hero, and the media strongly agreed. Byrd went on television to accept accolades and to complain about racism. He was never punished for killing Ashley Babbitt. He was rewarded for it. Ashley Babbitt's mother, meanwhile, got a very different sort of treatment. Babbitt's mother was arrested today in Washington by the Capitol Police. Her crime? Trying to hold a memorial service for her daughter. Two years later, it's clear that Ashley Babbitt is... Her death is by far the most significant thing that happened at the U.S. Capitol building that day. But at the same time, it is the least talked about event of January 6th. Why is that? Well, because the facts about what actually happened on January 6th disrupt the lies. What they've told you happened on January 6th. And those lies have proven very useful to the Biden administration and to permanent Washington. On the basis of a wholly created myth about what happened that day, the Biden Pentagon conducted an unprecedented political purge of the entire U.S. military. The FBI and various intel agencies increased their control over the American media. And most obviously, the DOJ has been allowed to prosecute and jail hundreds of nonviolent political protesters whose crime was having the wrong opinions. Lies about January 6th, which have been re- relentless, 
have enabled some of the most unscrupulous people in our country to make a mockery of our Bill of Rights and to steal our core freedoms. So they can't talk about Ashley Babbitt. Talking about Ashley Babbitt makes it very clear who the real culprits are and who the real threats to this country continue to be. And they're not the January 6th protesters. So instead, they lie about what happened that day, and they do it in the boldest possible ways, without shame and with maximum aggression. Here's Hakeem Jeffries, leader of the Democrats in the House, telling you that five police officers were killed on January 6th, when in fact the real total is zero. We are gathered here to honor their memory and acknowledge with deep gratitude the tremendous bravery of the hundreds of officers who defended us at this citadel of democracy that fateful day. As a result of the events on January 6th, the lives of five heroic officers were lost. Five heroic officers were lost, he said. It's almost impossible to believe that adults could stand behind him as he said that, because everyone in the picture you just saw knows that is not true. It's not a stilted interpretation of events. It's a flat-out lie. No police officers were killed on January 6th, period. Ashley Babbitt was killed on January 6th. But chances are your grandchildren will not know that because history will likely record the lie you just heard as true simply because it's been repeated so often. Everyone in authority has said the same thing in unison for two solid years. As our thoroughly dishonest attorney general recently put it, quote, we will never forget the five officers who responded selflessly on January 6th and who have, and who have since lost their lives. His boss, Joe Biden, repeated that lie today from the White House. These people and the people representing those who couldn't be here because they gave their lives for this did is incredibly consequential. And that's not political talk. That's historical fact. That's historical fact, says Joe Biden, as he manufactures history, as he tells lies. They've been doing this, telling these same lies since the very first day, January 6th, 2021, almost like it was a coordinated operation. Remember when they told you that Brian Sicknick, Officer Brian Sicknick, was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher? Officer Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. That's not true. And in the end, thanks to the medical examiner in the District of Columbia, we learned the fact, which is that Brian Sicknick died of a stroke well after the January 6th protests. He was not beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. But that did not stop their lying or even slow them down. Joe Biden just awarded one of this country's highest civilian honors, the Presidential Citizens Medal, to officers working on January 6th. And that would include the officers who opened the doors of the Capitol building to the so-called insurrectionists. The officers who let them inside and then were rewarded for it by the president of the United States. What's going on here, you may wonder? Well, don't ask. You're not allowed to know what's going on here. Nor can you know about the very obvious clandestine role of federal agencies that encouraged the events of January 6th. That happened, but its details have never been explained. 
A lot has still not been explained from that day, despite a committee that was impaneled for more than a year. For example, you remember the pipe bomber who planted explosives outside the Democratic National Committee? Well, those explosives, it turns out, were under a bench at the same moment that Kamala Harris, who had Secret Service protection with her, who swept the building, was there. So how did the U.S. Secret Service miss a bomb sitting in plain sight during its security sweep? Well, we can't answer that because the FBI still, to this day, refuses to release all the security footage. Why? What's going on here? Almost unique among media outlets, Revolver News asked that question. The pipe bomber even looks at camera to head on, for some reason. It's very frustrating, because we can't see the moment the pipe bomber plants the pipe bomb, but the FBI can. That's because the whole scene should be captured on camera one as well, and much more clearly than camera two. Camera one has a clear shot of both benches. If the FBI released the full tape from camera one, we could see the pipe bomber planting the bomb. So somebody planted bombs outside the headquarters of this country's two main political parties. That would seem to be a big story. And yet no one ever mentions it again, including the FBI. In fact, the Bureau won't disclose any information about the suspect, not his height, weight, shoe size, anything. So if they wanted to catch this person, wouldn't they be telling you all they can about who it is? But they're not. Why aren't they? And what was Kamala Harris doing there? Why did she lie about being there? We can't answer those questions. We should be able to. Nor does anyone in authority want to talk about Ray Epps. Ray Epps, of course, is the man who was caught on tape encouraging the crowd outside the Capitol, both on January 5th and 6th, to commit felonies by rushing inside. Now, what's interesting is that the January 6th committee, under public pressure, did in the end interview Ray Epps. Now, we don't have all of the committee's records about that interview. We should, but we don't. But some uh, have been released, and what they tell is a remarkable story. In the testimony that we have, the committee coaches Ray Epps on how to answer questions about his involvement. Quote, I was in the front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. I helped get people there. End quote. Now, Epps admitted that in a text message to a relative on January 6th. He's admitting crimes. He's never been even charged for those crimes. But what's so fascinating is that when those facts came up in his interview with the committee, Someone on the committee responds this way, and we're quoting. I just want to understand a little more your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point, when you sent this text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. Is that right? Like when you sent this, you were already on your way from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction. <laughs> Is that the most leading question ever asked in the history of a congressional hearing? Probably. And the whole interview goes on like this. Keep in mind. All right. Le le welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll finish this clip in just a second. I want to take this break. But look, Ray Epps clearly is in bed with the government on this. From the leading questions to the videos from Revolver magazine to the questions asked by Ted Cruz and others. As Tucker says, what is going on here? Answer, your government has gone flat out criminal.
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Live and on your radio, we're playing this incredible Tucker Carlson clip. Uh, and the reason we're playing it, folks, is, look, I don't have the staff to get all those sound bites, that montage that he played of government officials in bed with the media literally lying over and over and over about how many police officers died on January 6th. Okay? Tucker Carlson talks about the lies of January 6th have been relentless. And he documents it so well, it's not even funny. And I bring it up because we really need to work together with Glenn Beck, Tucker Carlson, Liberty Roundtable Live. We need to start to really have the new media take center stage. Okay, more Americans are realizing. And if we have enough media, they can't tell their lies and get away with it because we'll catch them at it. We'll call a halt to their con game. Tucker doing a great job. His interview continues now. Someone on the committee responds this way, and we're quoting. I just want to understand a little more your use of the word orchestrated. It sounds to me like at this point, when you sent this text, you had turned away in part because of seeing some things that you didn't agree with. Is that right? Like when you sent this, you were already on your way from the Capitol because of concerns of people taking it in a different direction. (laughs) Is that the most leading question ever asked in the history of a congressional hearing? Probably. And the whole interview goes on like this. Keep in mind, Rapps is one of the only people caught on camera that day encouraging others to break the law. He's one of the only ones. And yet he's never been charged. And the January 6th committee was on his side. Why was the committee and its members working so hard to help Ray Epps? Now, in his interview with the committee, 
Rapp said he didn't work for law enforcement. Law enforcement, in a very specifically worded answer, clearly thought through ahead of time. The question is, did Rapp's work or have any contact with any government agency? Did he talk about January 6th before it happened with any employee of the U.S. government? We don't know. We do know that two years after January 6th, long after an awful lot of other people have gone to jail for walking around the Capitol building, Ray Epps is still a free man. He's never been charged, much less imprisoned in solitary confinement like so many others. Why is that? Well, let's just stop lying. At this point, it's pretty obvious why that is. But of course, they're still lying about it. Subscribe to the Fox News YouTube channel to catch our nightly opens. All right, there you have it. Tucker Carlson doing a phenomenal job breaking that down. And I usually don't play long clips like that from other hosts. I do on occasion when it's justifiable. In this case, Tucker deserves a kudos. That is an incredible breakdown. Really asking, why would the government protect Ray Epps? Why would the government help with those kind of manipulated leading questions? Why would the government literally not have answers? Uh, Hey, I didn't work with law enforcement. Well, maybe not. It all depends on how you define law enforcement. But is the CIA law enforcement? Is the Justice Department law enforcement? Uh, Is Homeland Security law enforcement? Because you've got to understand some of these agencies are unconstitutional in the first place, right? <clears throat> anyway, I bring all this up because, look, folks, unless we can get to the bottom of this January 6th thing, we've got a problem. They're literally still going after Donald Trump because of this January 6th thing. Lying about police officers dying. Literally the murder of Ashley Babbitt being covered up and not talked about. Literally the uh, manipulation of the truth on January 6th of who was innocent and who was guilty and what happened and why. And you've got the government narrative and then you've got new narratives being brought forward with some of the footage and evidence. Uh, The Epic Times has a video telling the other side of the story. It's probably one of the best ones out so far. But again, the question becomes, what about all the thousands of hours of recordings that the government will not release? What about the testimony that's damning, to say the least, that we can't get at as the American people or the media or alternative media, at least? What about this idea that, you know what, there was a bomb right outside of the Republican Democrat, so both parties, the people's house or the people's capital, whatever you want to call it, um, and they did a sweep, but yet they didn't find it? But yet we can't see the cameras that would have shown that there and who planted it. It would have shown the sweep. And did they ignore it? Did it appear after the sweep, before the sweep? Who put it there? How? See, all this video evidence would prove these things. And what I find even most fascinating is it reminds me of the Oklahoma City bombing or 9-11 or some of these other, you know, they say we're in a conspiracy theory on this, right? But I'm not here to talk about conspiracy theory. I'm just here to know what happened. I'm just here to know what happened. I'm not here to manipulate the truth, but I don't believe the government official story. Why don't I believe the government official story? Because they lie, lie, lie. And the more these events occur, the more your government lies and gets caught in blatant lies. Look, Revolver Magazine has Ray Epps on video literally breaking the law, as Tucker says. 
but yet your government is helping Ray Epps stay free. You literally have a bomb planted outside of the Capitol. But we're literally going to get Donald Trump, who wasn't even there, and say he was the lead insurrectionist? We're going to literally lie and say five police officers were murdered that day by the, quote, insurrectionists, but yet the truth is nobody was murdered that day, no cops whatsoever? We're going to literally attack the Oath Keepers and claim they created an insurrection, but yet they had no weapons on site? You had an unarmed insurrection? You're literally going to accuse the Oath Keepers of of somehow wanting to down America or attack the Capitol, but yet you have evidence on video of Oath Keepers rescuing police officers and bringing them to safety? You literally uh, have your government, when people ask about Ray Epps and the criminal activity that we see him engaged in on video, where he whispers in people's ears and then they go start to dismantle the barricades, etc., You literally have police officers inviting people into the Capitol. Okay, my dear friend Victoria literally was pushed into the Capitol. She was trying to stop the Trump pretenders from their criminal activities. And she got forced into the Capitol and eventually arrested and then eventually let go. She's in the video that the Epic Times produced. She was on this radio program the very day after it all happened. Why? Because I know her. That's why. And I called them up and said, what the heck went down? And they said, you know what? She went into the Capitol. She didn't really mean to, but she got pushed in there. What about the Ashley Babbitt? No threat to this cop, but yet he murders her. What about his history of, of gun lapses or whatever you want to say that should have got him fired long before this uh, experience or this episode? Where do we go here when the government is this guilty of criminal activity? Will the new Republican Congress really get to the bottom of it and do any good and create accountability? Will people go to prison for their criminal acts or not? I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, but I sure pray so, because if we literally have the president of the United States, a sitting president, considered an insurrectionist on false pretenses, we literally have Joe Biden and crew committing election fraud by using the mainstream press and social media in bed with the FBI and others to manipulate the information against Donald for Joe. Is that election fraud? At what point do we say we don't even have a legitimate sitting president anymore? At what point do we say, look, the government is committing criminal activity with Twitter, Facebook, violating our First Amendment rights, but even our First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. They've now turned it into you're an insurrectionist. Doesn't matter what intent you went there with or how peaceful you wanted to be. Some people might have got caught up in the excitement of it all and done some stupid things. But that isn't criminal insurrection activity at all. In fact, evidence when discussing with the Oath Keepers and others, there's evidence that they, even insiders, even plants for the government that were embedded with the Oath Keepers and with the, um, oh, the Oath Keepers and the uh, Proud Boys, literally saying, look, there's no evidence that they create an insurrection at all, but that completely being ignored. Stuart Rhodes going to prison, but Ray Epps running free while the government committee continues to cover up. Will this Republican Congress have a new committee to get to the bottom of the other side of the story?
I doubt it. I doubt it. You still got Kevin McCarthy at the helm. It reminds me of like the Warren Commission in yesteryear, the murder of JFK, or in modern times, the Oklahoma City bombing or the 9-11 events or some of these other events. Charlottesville leading up to January 6th. The government is trying to prevent all of our five First Amendment rights. Locking us down on COVID. You can't go to church, but you can go to a bar and get a lap dance. Folks, we have gone criminal and immoral in America. And until we create accountability for those criminals and use our moral compass and turn back to God, pardon the pun, but we's in trouble, baby. Liberty Roundtable, live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Top secret documents from Biden's vice presidential days were discovered in November before the midterm elections and kept secret until this week. The roughly one dozen top secret documents were found in a closet at his think tank in Washington, D.C., and were there probably since 2017. The National Archives are now in possession of the documents. Wasting no time, Republicans went to work and passed a bill Monday night that would slash tens of billions of funding dollars for the Internal Revenue Service that the Biden administration thought was a good idea. It now heads to the Senate. Senate House Republicans passed a rules package Monday, reversing a Nancy Pelosi-era rule that made it difficult for removing a Speaker of the House, now allowing one member of Congress to initiate a removal instead of a handful Pelosi put in place during her term. Around 90% of Californians are under a flash flood watch. That's around 35 million people facing the risk as torrential downpours and powerful winds continue to hit the Golden State. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown says they're evacuating the area as the brunt of the storm takes aim at Central and Southern California. The entire community of Montecito is ordered evacuated and evacuated now. The National Weather Service warned residents to prepare for power outages and dangerous driving conditions. Football player DeMar Hamlin continues to improve. Dr. William Knight of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center said Hamlin returned to his home city and is starting the next phase of his recovery at the Buffalo General Medical Center. DeMar Hamlin has been released and returned to Buffalo. On Sunday, Hamlin posted pictures and updates on social media as he watched the Bills' regular season finale against the New England Patriots. Hamlin collapsed on the field during the Bills' game against the Cincinnati Bengals last week after suffering cardiac arrest. Physician says it's too early to know if Hamlin will be able to play football Again, they reiterated an update given last week that it appears Hamlin is neurologically intact. I'm Julio Flores. This is USA News. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give perfectly aged, tender, delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have curated special gift packages to take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use code TREAT at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, Air-Chilled Boneless Chicken, Ultra 
juicy burgers, even easy to prepare, ready in a flash comfort meals. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, get 50% off site wide, plus use promo code TREAT at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. I'm just chagrined at how your government is literally lying in your face. We have evidence to prove their lies. But now it's a battle of the media. We say they're lying. They say they're telling the truth. Who do you trust? Until Americans reject the mainstream press dishonest narrative, we're in trouble. The only way I know is to turn to new media sources, ladies and gentlemen. It's the only way I know. Let's just take critical race theory to make the point. Let's just take uh, some of the things going on in your government schools. I interviewed a guy by the name of Al Jackson, uh, who is a black man, a great guy, speaking out against critical race theory and more. And I interviewed him at the Eagle Forum. Here's the interview. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman continuing at Eagle Forum for the great state of Utah. We've now got a fascinating guest. His name is Al Jackson. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Sam. You bet. Kiss your mic. Talk a little louder, will you? Okay, I will. Thank you. Excellent. There you go. Perfect. All right, tell me a little bit about you, Al. Okay, so my wife and I, Juline, we split time between Washington, D.C. and Utah. I work for a company called Dowdle Studios. I'm working with Eric Dowdle. I'm the president of his company. He is the folk artist that turns art into puzzles. My wife and I have been involved in the freedom movement since 2008 when we left Washington, D.C. and found the U.S. Constitution. We have five children, ages 27 to 15, and it all began with us teaching them principles of liberty during our family devotional, which is translated into what my wife and I do today. And, and we enjoy it and love being on that wall and, and, and fighting for freedom and liberty. All right. So just help people understand then you're a, a black person, right? That is correct. And so you and, and liberty and critical race theory and all mixed up into one, huh? That is correct. Yes. Now, tell me how that works, because you're not really supposed to be on the freedom side of this discussion, are you? <laughs> no, you know what? It comes from my roots. I mean, I, I was raised on a farm. And my grandpa believed in hard work, perseverance, resilience. We were never allowed to use race as an excuse. And we were supposed to go to school, love God, and love our country. And that's how I was raised. And so it's just translated into my life because my my parents grew up in the civil rights movement. And it would be a dishonor to them if I didn't honor their sacrifice and what they went through to stand on their shoulders and to move forward and, and to look for opportunity, not oppression. That's what their sacrifice meant for me, is to look for opportunity, not oppression. And so I'm not a victim. Amen to that. Now tell me, when you grew up on a farm, where? I grew up on a farm in Ladysmith, Virginia, which is about 90 minutes outside of Washington, D.C., south. Okay. So really going back and forth kind of takes you back home in a way, right? Absolutely. I love it. We still have a 55-acre farm there that my wife and I own. Wow. 
And why, why Utah? What brought you to Utah? You know what? We can, uh, So my wife's from Utah. We bought a house here back when they were giving away houses back in 2006. <laughs> no, 2004. And then we left D.C. in 2008 to go do a startup in the Pacific Northwest. And then once that was successful, we just we had a decision to make. We either can, let's go to Utah and live in the house we bought there, or we can come back to D.C. And we decided to move to Utah in 2010. And you've been here ever since? Well, actually, we, we, we were there till 2016, and then we moved back east. But now that I'm working out here, I'm going back and forth on the airplane. And is your, your family's then back east then? Or? Yes, they are. They are. And do they like it better there? You know what? My, my boys prefer Utah. My girls before, prefer Washington, D.C. because of the diversity. I understand. All right. So let's talk a little bit about then the critical race theory. You're here at the Eagle Forum today. Uh, You just got done speaking on the stage. Critical race theory, CRT versus freedom. Is it that black and white? You know what? It's been, that's a great question, Sam, because you know what? It is black and white because the notion of critical race theory wants to divide us by race as opposed to unifying us under the banner of freedom. And it's a false narrative being promoted that there is an oppressor group and a group that's oppressed. And it's a false narrative that the oppressor group uh, is born into that oppressor status and there's no way for them to get rid of it, huh? That That is correct, which is astounding considering... Because in America, yeah. there's always a way to improve. There's always a way forward. In that narrative, there's zero way forward for either side, right? That That is correct. Yep. And so nobody wants to be defined by the worst. And so the focus is, let, let's focus on the birth defect of America that is slavery, as opposed to how we move forward and how we came out of it based on those founding principles that all men are created equal. Now, we agree that slavery is evil and wrong. Because we stand up and say critical race theory is bogus and it's a trap, a a, a deceptive communist dividing tactic, uh, that doesn't mean that we're okay with slavery, okay with anything of the sort, right? They want want you to believe somehow, because you're black, you're an Uncle Tom, because of me and I'm an apologist. None of that's true. None of that's true. Absolutely not. No, No, absolutely not. Um, the way forward is how then? How do we teach people? Because we don't control enough of the media. We don't uh, have uh, enough Americans that understand this issue well enough to stand together. How do we win? You know what? We win by doing what my wife and I did back in when our kids were little. Very important what we did in our home was the family devotional. And so we got together with the kids from early their earliest moments they've been on earth to to gather them in in a circle we read scriptures and we started incorporating principles of liberty back in 2007 into our family devotionals that's when my wife and i found the constitution so we 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 made an intentional effort because we wanted our kids to be part of the solution and not the problem we wanted them to understand and love america so we started teaching those principles and that's what we all have to do it all starts within the four walls of our home arming our kids with the truth so when they go out in the world they're armed with that knowledge and they can combat it and they can better discern truth from error when they hear it the premise is the family is the fundamental unit of society right that is correct that the family is the the core unit 
of any successful society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect its integrity. Do you think we can get you to speak to Congress? I, 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 I'm in D.C. I'm actually going to be on the Hill on Tuesday meeting with uh, my, my good friend uh, Blake Moore and my other good friend Chris Stewart. So we need to keep singing these issues and talking about these things and singing them from the rooftops. All right. We need the Speaker of the House to give you a chance to speak. <laughs> that would be great, Sam. Absolutely. But we got Burgess back there and yes. uh, Blake and Chris and, and John Curtis. They're good guys. And we're making progress everywhere we go. That's right. So the interesting thing to me about this discussion um, is the divide and conquer works so well because people don't get taught the other side of the discussion. They don't get taught the broader side of the discussion. And I'm going to tell you a little story that I hope kind of makes sense, and, and I want you to break it down for me. Here's the story. I'm a totally blind person, and I went to my door one day and opened my door, and a guy says, hey, you want to buy some of these things that I've got? And I said, you know what? I don't want to buy anything. I'm just not, I, I don't need to buy whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, my daughter walks up next to me. She's like 10 years old at the time. And she says, Dad, he's trying to shake your hand. Well, of course, I didn't know he was trying to shake my hand. So I just stood there, right? So then I put out my hand to shake his hand because now that I know, I'm going to shake his hand. He pulls his hand back and he says, no, no. You don't need to shake my hand. It doesn't rub off, sir. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it doesn't rub off, sir. Anyway, bottom line is he walked away thinking that I wouldn't shake his hand because I was too good for him or that I was white. Uh, anyway, my daughter tells me that he was black after the fact. And so he was a, a solicitor at my door, and I just did not want to buy whatever he was selling. But at the end of the day, though, I didn't know that he wanted to shake my hand. And he then said it doesn't wash off, and he left kind of offended that I was somehow in a racial situation with him. Turns out he was the only racist. I would have shook his hand in a second if I'd known that his hand was out. Uh, he mistook it that I was a racist, not realizing that I was blind. When he finally realized that I was blind, he wouldn't accept it. He's kind of like, no, no, no. And it, what do you think of this story? It's a real one. That, that's an incredible story. I mean, first of all, he didn't have all the information. But then when he did get the information, he still chose an interesting path, an, a path that's divisive, a path that doesn't unify us. So I, I feel sorry for him. And that I was a missed opportunity. My, my daughter just came up and she's like, Dad, because my daughter knows. And she's like, Daddy's trying to shake your hand. Uh, the second I heard that, I put out my hand. I didn't think for a second. I just didn't know. That's all. Okay. I, I find that story fascinating. Yeah. When they say to me, Sam, because you're white, you were born the oppressor. And I think about that and think, how can that be? It's not even literally possible in my case, is it? No, not not absolutely. Why, why would you? So, so why would you be responsible for something that happened three, four, five hundred years ago? But but even so, though, I yeah. wouldn't even know what color he is. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to oppress if I tried to, right? Right, absolutely. How would I know? No, no, you didn't know. Okay, so it's fascinating. Uh, the other thing that people bring up to me oftentimes too is they say, Sam, do you really know what color you are? Well, I believe that I'm white because I've been told I've been white my whole life, right? But do I really know how? I guess you wouldn't know unless somebody told you. But what yeah, difference but what, does it what make? What if they're lying? Oh, that's that's a good point. But what difference does it make? It makes no difference. That right. is the quintessential point, sir. Right. All right. We've got to heal this land, and I think we can do it by honest Americans who believe in God, family, and country standing together. Yeah. Is that the best way? I think it's the best way. And, and the first word you mentioned was God. We God is the great unifier. God is the 
problem solver. God should be in everything that we do. All right. I'm a racist, and I think you're a racist, too. Now, give me a chance to explain and see if you agree. Are you ready? Yep. Bill Gates and everybody wants us to become cyborgs. They want us to somehow merge our minds with technology. They believe we're hackable animals, Al. Have you heard this? I have. Yeah, I have heard this. Okay, it's crazy talk, in my humble opinion. However, I've decided that I guess I'm a racist because I want the human race, not the <laughs> cyborg race. And so I guess I'm a racist in that I believe we're all God's children. And my only question left is when are we going to behave like it? <laughs> I think we're going to be, probably behave like it when the Savior comes back. But until then, yes, that's what makes us unique as humans. And it's okay. It's okay. The best part of us all, though, is that we can realize that we're all one human race, though. We're, we're all of God. God birthed us who we are. I don't think it's a problem for any of us to be proud of our heritage. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't I agree with that. And you know, this whole notion about white guilt is is empty calories to me, means nothing to me, doesn't pay my bills. The only thing you owe me is to love me as a brother, just as God intended. That's it. All right, there's a lot more speaking out and standing up as we get the word out. Uh, who do you find to be the biggest advocates for the truth? Wow, that's a great question. I, I uh, you of course, I love Glenn Beck. Yes. I think he is he's been called to God to do what he's doing. Jason Whitlock on Fearless. Yeah. He has become one of my favorite people. He's on the Blaze Network and he moved to Tennessee and left the corporate media and he comes from the sports world and I listen to his podcast every single day. He's one of my heroes. All right. How about Candace? Oh, I love Candace. I love Candace. I think Candace is great. I, I think she lives in the D.C. area. It would be wonderful to meet her one day. I, I think that needs to happen for sure. You know, where I really cracked my teeth on this stuff, believe it or not, was in the late 90s. Pat Buchanan was running for president in 2000. And a friend of mine, he's an advocate of the South. He's an advocate of uh, Southern heritage and this kind of stuff. And uh, so they tried to attack him for being a racist. But it turns out he was working on the... Uh, Buchanan campaign with a lady by the name of Azula Foster. Do you know who she is? I do not. Anyway, great lady. She was a black lady. He was a white guy. And they all worked on uh, Pat Buchanan's campaign together so successfully the media didn't know what to do with it. And I think that's how we win is we just work together right. for God, family, and country. Uh, and you know what? Let the chips fall where they may and pretty soon they'll be out of words. There that, won't be anything left because of our actions. Right? You, you nailed it, Sam. That's absolutely right. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. We need you on that wall. All right, sir, we appreciate you and all that you do. Thanks for coming to the Eagle Forum. Thanks for your speeches and for your advocacy. Tell your family hello for me, will you? God bless you. All right, sir. Thanks, Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John eight forty four. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries.
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Oh, man, that was a fantastic interview with Al Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, telling the tale of truth. That's what happens with good, honest Americans stand shoulder to shoulder for the sacred cause of liberty. Stand for the truth, shall the truth shall make us free. Wow, you got to love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I got an American Family Association AFA action alert. It's a sad tale, but truth. In the left's new America. Stand with Christ and you'll pay a price. Yeah, and the left's new America. Stand with Christ and you'll pay a price. That's what happened to a young lady. Jesus warns us, folks, in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hates you, says Jesus Christ. And boy, howdy, is he spot on on that. Wow. The Son of God is right, as always. Uh, but uh, listen to this. There's a girl by the name of Jaylene Daniels. And she was a world-class soccer player. Uh, she lives in Denver. She earned top honors in her high school, college, and her professional career. But then, of course, Jaylene did the unforgivable, ladies and gentlemen. She took a, a stand for Christian principles. Yeah. That put her at odds with the dominant view in the sports world. Yeah, she took a stand for Christian principles that put her at odds with the dominant view in the, quote, sports world. That is, it says this, all things gay and transgender must be celebrated. Well, this awesome young lady said, uh-uh, not going there, not going to do that. In 2017, Jaylene refused to play for the U.S. national team when they wore rainbow-colored numbers during, quote, Pride Month. She refused. She said, I'm not doing that. She's not trying to be mean or to persecute or anything, people who disagree with her or people who live lives that she doesn't agree with. She just doesn't want to be the poster child for them. Then, while playing for the North Carolina Courage, it's a, quote, professional soccer team, she made the same decision about the, quote, team's Pride Night celebration last summer. Criticism, of course, was hot and heavy, but Jaylene, 
said that although her love runs deep for all of her teammates, she says, I remain committed to my faith. Homosexual activists, of course, demanded that the team management get rid of Jaylene. They got their way last October when the team refused to renew Jaylene's contract. Yeah, the uh, website, it's called Outsports.com, a news outlet for the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda gloated afterwards in an op-ed piece. Jaylene cut by the courage after her continued anti-gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender actions. Now, was Jaylene anti-gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, etc.? Of course not. But you know what? Unless you are seen as faithful to their beliefs, you're a bigot. All right? So you are a bigoted person if you're not faithful to their beliefs. Now, think about that. Jaylene didn't attack them, didn't have any hate, didn't do anything of the sort. She just said, I'm not going to celebrate your agenda, and I'm not going to be the poster child for your agenda. I love you. I'll be kind to you. I'll be gentle to you, but I will not betray my faith. And in our new America, Christians who are faithful to their beliefs are seen as hateful and bigoted, and she literally got shut down. Think about this. What are we going to do, folks? We need Americans to stand up. She did not do anything abusive, do anything hostile, do anything hate-filled. She did not attack them in any way. She did not speak out against them. She just refused to, pardon the pun, carry their ball. In America, you stand for Christ and you pay the price. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me make this very clear. I have love for all of God's children. I have kindness and patience and will treat them with dignity and respect to the best of my ability. But I will not. I'm going to say this again. I will not go along with their agenda. Okay, I, like Jaylene Daniels, will stand up for my beliefs. I don't have to agree with your beliefs, and I do not have to carry your ball. Yes, I can be kind and loving and patient and forgiving. Yes, I can realize you're God's children also. That's good, right? But I do not have to carry your ball. I don't have to do those things. I don't have to do those things. And neither does this young lady. But we will pay a price because that's America today. When there's not enough Americans standing with us, then we get crushed. Right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you must decide as well. Will you go along to get along? Will you promote this agenda with 
the gay, lesbians, bisexual, or would you stand against them? Now, here's the problem. She is not even trying to stand against them. She just said, I will not carry their ball. And for that, she lost her contract. For me, I was offered a great contract on radio to be a well-known nationally syndicated host. But the guy, the gentleman that offered me the position said, you got to stop talking about God so much, Sam. If you agree to quit talking about God so much, we'll put you on the air. There's just no place. And he said this. There's no place in commercial radio as opposed to Christian radio. There's no place for commercial radio to really talk about Christ like you do all the time. Uh, So you want to stop talking about Christ and have this job? And I said, no. If Christ is out, I'm out. And I look at the hero that Jaylene Daniels is. She gave up her contract. I gave up a contract. Glenn Beck gave up a contract. Jesus warns in John 15, 8. I'm sorry, 15, 18. So John 15, 18. If the world hates you, know that it it has hated me first or before it hated you. That's the quintessential point. And I, for one, want to stand in the testimony of Jesus Christ. I believe in Christ. I testify he lives. I testify he died on the cross and was resurrected. And I I, uh, testify that he has issued a clarion call to me. Pick up that cross and come follow me. And I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to follow his lead. I want to keep his commandments. And if they uh, attack me for standing with Shailene Daniels, uh, I want to uh, stand tall. I don't want to wither. I don't want to shrink. I want to double down. Her name is Jaylene Daniels, professional soccer player who didn't persecute anyone. She just said, I will not carry your ball. And they literally destroyed her career. No doubt a Christian like that with courage, even though she gets fired from the Courage soccer team. A leader like that with courage will land on her feet just like Tim Tebow and others have done. And like I will do. I commend her. And I encourage you to make your stand now. If enough of us made our stand, we wouldn't be in this position, would we? God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.